In the beginning, there was nothing. Then there were comic books. Once you enter our world, there is no escape. Comic exposure begins in 3, 2, 1. Welcome to the Comic Exposure Podcast. My name is Josh Buckley, and my podcast gas station attendant is the one and only... I'm your Huckleberry. Travis Ratz here. <laughs> Travis Ratz. Uh, welcome I'm to the Comic Exposure Podcast, I'm not going to lie. I thought guys. about that one earlier this week. You, you were holding on to it? I was holding on to that one. <laughs> welcome to the Comic Exposure Podcast, guys, where we talk comic books and nerd stuff. Uh, every other episode, we do a uh, comic book club where we go in-depth into one graphic novel or a trade, uh, and you are on that episode today. We normally have a guest in. We do a comic book club. We do like a book club, but with a comic. Uh, we are down a guest today, so you are in luck. You get just Travis and I bloviating on one book, and that book that we're talking about today is a Huck, uh, and it is an image comic uh, by Mark Miller and um, with art by... Josh. Yeah. I believe it's pronounced Mark Millar. I think it's I think it's Miller. I think it's Miller. I think it's Millar. Well, we'll just argue about it. <laughs> so, Mark Miller, uh, Miller, right, Millar, wrote it in, Miller, in, Millar. It, Miller, Millar. Uh, drawn by Raphael Albuquerque. Albuquerque. Uh, if you know Miller, he did uh, Kick-Ass. Wait, okay, and, so stop, stop, stop right there. Yeah. So, normally when we have a guest, we ask them, what question do we ask them, Josh? Uh, how, what was their first exposure to comics? Okay. Yeah. 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 Don't don't seem we've we've done like a hundred episodes, <laughs> man. Don't, I think that's don't what seem it is. So yeah. unsure about yourself. Um, <laughs> since we don't have a guest, I got a question for you, Josh. Yeah. Yeah. What was your first exposure to Mark Millar that you can remember? The only thing I I've never read Kick Ass, but I saw Kick Ass, and that was probably the first Miller book that I that I knew about. Uh, but you and I, we did Chrononauts. We did Chrononauts for an episode. I would say that's the only Chrononauts is the only other book of his I've read. I've never read Kick Ass. Uh, I've seen The Kingsman. Yeah, but so I, I didn't you read it. Ask me what my first what was yours? Was Mark Millar. Huck. Huck. Is no, that your first it was um, Wanted. Wanted. <laughs> wanted. The movie uh, came out, and then I picked up the book. Oh, that's right. That's the yeah. one where he, is that the one where he, the bullet goes around the He's corner? He's bullets and shit. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah, bending bullets. Oh, he also wrote like Old Man Logan, right? He yeah, did Old Man yeah, Logan. Old Man Logan, which I read. Did you read that one? No, I've never read Old Man Logan. People say I should. Oh, it's fun. But then when people, when a lot of people tell me to read like a Marvel book, I'm like, nah, I don't, I don't like uh, it. It's like weird takes on all the characters, <laughs> man. You have like white trash Hulk babies. You have like a Hawkeye. You have they take the spider dune buggy mode mobile like through the desert like there's some real campy shit that you would really like in there i think my might i just always feel like here's what people tell me to read they're like you should read civil war or you should read uh the i don't know just stuff that i'm not gonna i just know that i'm probably not gonna like yeah i got one of those planned for a future podcast uh, so we'll talk about that <laughs> Some, off air. something i'm not gonna like <laughs> yeah 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 it's a real it's yes yeah <laughs> So if we're we're gonna sit down. We're gonna we, we read Hawk. We were actually going to do Hawk for a show this time a last while. year, probably. Yeah, yeah, probably probably during last year's comic book summer, uh, but it just didn't happen. Um, it kind of was one of those books we probably got too many books to do for comic book summer, and we just kind of put it aside. Uh, so we saw that one of our guests couldn't do. They dropped out on us last weekend, but couldn't make up the show this weekend. So we decided, you know what? 
let's finish Huck. Right. right? Like I had read it. You'd read it. I went back and read it. Uh, so I, I, I'm ready to talk about it. This has got – so like on the back of the trade is like everybody giving it a 10 out of 10. Right. Yeah. Uh, News or five, Snap pal, or five comic stars. Wow, right. Comic buzz. Comic. Yeah. Mid. Comic vine. Pop. All these things giving it giant. None giant of these things stars. do I know. I do not know any of these. I know, I know comic vine. Yeah, I know comic vine and newsrama. Those are those are the only ones I know. Are comic vine and newsrama. Not that that you know lessens the thing, but. Uh, I feel like I could write a comic book and make up a bunch of names like this on the back, and it would probably be the same. Josh, thing. when do we get to be on the back of a book? I would love a blurb. Yeah. I love a blurb. Yeah, but we always we see. Here's what we do: we review them after they come out. Yeah, exactly. Well, so, we would we would review them before they come out. Just send it yeah. to us. Just send it yeah, to us. You're right. And then right. here would be our blurb: Miller, Millar, Miller, Millar, Millar, Millar. Miller. Whether it's Miller or Millar. <laughs> so let me let, let's let's we're talking about this book. Um, I you know the only Miller I've read uh, is Chrononauts. Loved I it. saw Loved Kick it. Ass. Chrononauts was great. Tons of fun. Stupid time traveling buddy comedy. Buddy comedy comedy. Yeah. <laughs> Stupid commies. Uh, it was good. Uh, Raphael Albuquerque. I have read parts of American Vampire. Ugh, uh, I do love. I do love his style. Uh, he did a book on his own. I want to say it was called Eight or something. Eight. I don't remember. But I dug like the first couple issues of it. But it was one of those things where I was like, I don't want to buy it in singles. I'll get it I when it comes out in trade. He either did Superman for a little bit or did some fill-ins that were really good too. I want to say, but maybe I'm wrong. I have no I idea. Love, I know. He- I love Albuquerque. I I. One of the, before we started this podcast, we had both years ago kind of dipped our toes back in the comics and would pick up the occasional yeah. comic from the comic book shop. And one of the ones new series that I picked up like on a whim was Albuquerque's and um, American Vampire, American Vampire with Snyder, and I and I loved it. And I think we'll talk about this later in the podcast. But um, even though this is an older book now. From the first issues of American Vampire, I'm seeing Albuquerque kind of move up and and really, he's really kind of figured out what's unique about his style and like went, gone into that more. But we'll talk about that when we talk yeah. about art. I was gonna say this is book. This book is literally a year and a month old. It came out last July, uh, so we are we are we're digging it like a year later. Yeah, which makes sense. Uh, so you know what? Um, Let's let's get into the basic. Actually, I want to ask you a question first. Yeah. Um, what's your take? There's a lot of like sort of like controversy over Kickass, right? Like it, the unnecessary violence, the unnecessary like Miller is known for like un, over the top violence, violence and swearing. Yeah. Ultra ultra violence and swearing. That is not really found in the pages of this book. Yeah. This book is very like. Oh, for like the first couple issues. Mm. And so what, knowing what you know about Miller, was this is what you expected with this book? I guess that's my first thing. When we grabbed it, we didn't really I had never read a single issue of it. This is one of the ones where like I heard good things of it. And so I was like, oh, yeah, we should we should do that one. But I'd never read it, any of it until we got this. So I walked in with like no real background on it. Um, what were your expect- expectations for it, knowing that it was a Miller book? Yeah, I mean, when you talk about Millar, I mean, that is, that's like his bread and butter, right? It's, uh, 
<laughs> it's his bread and butter, man. It's like it's like um, Garth Ennis not doing yeah. a dark, gritty, ultra-violent comic. It's it's it is it's coming out of left field from what you'd expect from this guy. It would be like you know, it's like when Kiss did the disco album. You know, you're like, what? <laughs> what Kiss? Right. You're the Knights of Satan service. Uh, but I actually did some research on this, and Josh, would you like me to? to uh, tell you what uh, Millar says, uh, why he created this book? I would love to hear what Miller had to say about this. Okay. Well, Millar says, this actually, he started this book um, right after, uh, in, as a, um, I don't as a rebute, not a rebute. um, A rebuttal A rebuttal to a particular superhero movie that had come in, had come out, Around Man of Man of Steel. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And in this, he says, "This is uh, his own words." Um, you know, he's talking about with Albuquerque and him had seen this movie, and he gets why Superman in that movie had to go to the fatal extremes. But he said, as a kid, the reason he loved Superman was not because of his edginess, but because it was the opposite. Because even though he had the ability to be fatal, he chose not to. So he says this, but we have to remember that these characters were created in the Great Depression to lift our spirits in the darkest times. When things are tough, we maybe need a nice, uncomplicated hero a little more. And so, like I said, I'm trying this once just to see what happens. As a reader, I'm desperate for it. As a writer, it's been a sheer joy. But both myself and artist Raphael Albuquerque have created something we haven't seen in a very long time with our new book, and that's a lovely, sweet Jimmy Stewart slash Tom Hanks slash Steven Spielberg kind of guy. It's out this week, and we call this thing Huck. I would say that that's a very good sort. I mean, like, of course, it's very good. He's talking about his own book, but right. um, it is very much a like uh, aw shucks, G. Willikers hero. Yeah, you know what I mean? The Tom Hanks and uh, Jimmy Stewart reference were were very good. Yeah, you know what? Um, I'm of two minds when it comes to the story of this book. Um, up until issue four. Right. Up through issue, essentially up through issue four. I am pretty much on board with this. Good. Issue four, right. issue four gets a little goofy in the the stuff with his mom, like the flashbacky stuff with his mom, and right? Let's, let, let me go a quick rundown. For, of, yeah, we should of, probably, of, talk, we should probably talk about, yeah. For the viewers, if you, first of all, I have to say, if you haven't read this book, I believe it's canceled now. I don't know it was just a one, it was a one six issue arc. That's it. It says book one, all America. Okay. Okay. It does, it yeah. does work as one book. It's, it's a very quick read. Quick, uh, quick. Let me get my tongue and mouth together working. It's a very quick read. Um, so I'm going to give you the broad strokes and they're going to be very broad. Huck follows this gas station attendant who's got like a learning disability. He's a little bit slow. He's this big, good looking blonde guy who works at a gas station. And his whole, his whole motivation in life is to just do good deeds for other people. Now this could be local deeds like finding a dog or retrieving a pearl necklace that someone lost. Or it can be a global deed like stopping a rebellion in Afghanistan or freeing hostages, you know? So, yeah. And he does this every day. He makes a list of the good deeds he wants to do, like mowing all the old people's lawn in his town. And he just completes these without asking anything from the people that he helps. His town 
uh, his small town that he's from uh, tries its best to protect Huck's identity. They love Huck, and they want to keep him a secret, especially because he has this learning disability, and they're afraid he's a little bit slow, and they're afraid the world will take advantage of him um, and ask too much from him. And, of course, what happens is the world does find out about Huck, and they do come knocking on his door, and Huck does get overwhelmed. But he never loses that sense of, ah, shucks, I'm doing this for the right reasons. Meanwhile, yeah. uh, and this is kind of where issue four kind of takes you, is we learn as the story goes on where Huck comes from, how he got these powers. Because basically he's like Superman. He's super strong. He can fly. He's very fast. Well, he can't fly. Oh, he, can't. he can, he like, he he can like jump, right? Yeah. He can do like the like old, old school, school Superman, Superman thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he uh, can also find anything. Yes. Right? He has this thing where he can yeah. – yeah, he can find this weird power to find anything. Yeah, he's like a bloodhound. Yeah. <laughs> he has really long ears. It's really strange. But Huck, he's a baby ain't nothing but mammal, so let's um, find it like – yep. So, so I was surprised when I picked this up. It's a weird take on Huckleberry Finn. You know what I mean? I was surprised that Miller went with this story – he doesn't use he 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 takes a real different tack with this Huckleberry Finn story. You think it's attached? You think? I mean, Huck obviously has illusions. The name has illusions of Huckleberry Finn. Are you being jokey? Are you being I'm jokey? Jo- okay. I'm being jokey. Okay. I'm being jokey. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I think it's and, just his. You know, I think it's a, a small allusion went, to the bumpkinness of the character. He, and nothing else. You know, he went a different way than Mark Twain did. He uses the N word far less. It's a I way it's different only in this story. Book, like a, a good dozen times. <laughs> so, it's not. <laughs> so, I you know that I really liked it until issue four when the Russian scientist aspect of it took over. Yeah, it got real like Cold War espionage. Yeah, really and quick. I didn't like. I guess part of me goes like, okay, you've got to find a bad guy for him, right? Like they're ha- like. But I don't know. Here's part of me would really have loved just six issues of this dude going and being nice and just being a. But then there's no there's no beginning, middle, and end. You know what I mean? Like, right. It's just a dude being awesome. Yeah. And part of me goes like, well, that'd be kind of cool. That'd be nice. But yeah. you, you, you got to give him a foil, I guess. You got to propel the story some way. It just seemed like it went. It took a a hard turn. Yeah, I, 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 see your, I see what you're saying. I really liked, especially with the connotation of Huck and then the small town, I really liked the the small community aspect of it. Like this yeah. huge, larger-than-life powered character is doing good in this small community. And yeah. every now and then he'd get out of it. But it, it really – I wanted like the To Kill a Mockingbird like – Oh, Maycomb, Alabama story of Huck, where it's like something happens. Yeah, like he's accused of something, and the yeah, town yeah. has to stand up for exactly. him. Exactly. I wanted, oh. I, and I wanted the foil, the villain, to be some kind of someone in the town that that was prevented from you know making this town what it wasn't, and Huck was standing in his way, and so it was about some like almost like um, Southern bastards type. I don't yeah, want to go dark. Yeah. I don't want to go dark because that's against the the grain of the story. But I think, I think if you have a character like Huck, who, according to Millar, is 
created to go against what's being in comics these days. Yeah. The villain should be the like that character that is in comics. You know, like maybe even make him that ultra violent like character that when put against Huck, we really get to see that dichotomy of what used to be in comics and what is now present in comics. And you're really making yeah. a statement about how, well, yeah, you'd have this cool, ultra-violent villain, but, like, Huck would stand, still shine against that. Does that make sense? No, I get what you're saying. I, I, I think, like, like I said, I really, I kind of like the aspect of, like, he gets found out, and now he's doing stuff like the governor or the mayor, like, the governor has him doing stuff, the U.S. government has him going out. Um, and I found that interesting. I, I kind of liked that story of, like, how does he juggle doing the small-town stuff while also kind of this pressure being applied to him, right, mm. to, to do more. Um, and so when it all of a sudden takes this hard right to he's now in a secret Soviet prison, right, right, being held with his mother so they can get him to impregnate a bunch of Russians to make a super army yeah. for Putin – it just seemed it seemed a little it seemed a little out of left field. Yeah, it it did seem like they uh, that Millar started out with like an idea, and then kept writing. And at some point, I don't know, maybe he watched like I don't know some weird I don't know Hunt for Red October or some weird kind of movie, and was like, oh, I'm going to start doing this. When I think the initial start of the story was was much stronger than how it ended. I'm, I'm the same as you. And I think, I was thinking about this, Josh, I was thinking about why we didn't do this book immediately. And I, I, I don't think it, at first reading, particularly grabbed either of us. But here's the thing, looking back on it now, I went back and skimmed through it. Uh, and it's, it's a very easy book to remember, so I didn't have to go through and read every yeah. kind of dialogue. Um, I like this book so much better now and the second viewing of it. And this is why I think... You know, we read this before everything went down last year. I mean, the elections were in progress and stuff like that. Yeah. But we read this book before everything went down last year. And for me, Millar is right. It was, it is refreshing to go back through and see a character that's so positive and and so naive in a good way. And yeah. I, maybe I'm feeling this because I start, with up the, with the kids tomorrow, I, I teach high school. Josh and I both teach, <laughs> and there is a sense that, you know, as teachers, you know, you're you're constantly feeling like you're doing things to better other people's lives at the detriment to your own life, and sometimes you can get a little bit bitter about that, you know, and and be like, oh, kids. <laughs> and I like going into the school year with like this idea of Huck in my head, where it's just that unconditional i'm doing this because it's know, right and it's good and i live in a small community here and i really like the idea of focusing locally you know a lot of what huck does in this is small deeds done locally and they have this big effect and i think our culture is forgetting about that that we we look at the big picture we look at the the things that are happening in the world in North Korea and with our president and and globally and we get overwhelmed and we get bitter and we get angry about it but when the best thing that we can do to make things better is just work locally just work in these look small at, things look at you dude oh I'm man super, I'm super positive you, this morning you really pulled something out today and <laughs> you really like it's super altruistic of you it's it's yeah. beautiful really it's very, it is it's very anti rats 
Um, you know, like I had, I, I had started reading it. I didn't finish it the first time, uh, because we're, it just got lost in the shuffle of stuff. So we didn't, we didn't end up doing it cause we had too many books. And so I ended up reading it when I was in, I read it when I was in Boston. So I read oh, it while I was in Boston. You read it in Boston? I read it in Boston. And so while I was in Boston, I read it again and I was like, you know what? I, I, I went back and reread it or, you know, I read the part that I'd already read and then I'd finished it up and. Like I said, man, I really – I guess because I I both love and hate Superman as a character, right? Like yeah. there's some Superman stories that are fantastic and then there are some that are just like sort of like yeah. – I, I just can't stomach it, right? Yeah, yeah. But, it's so just like cookie cutter. <laughs> but this was, this was really – this was like a great sort of like it, – it almost read a little bit like a prequel to Superman, right? Like what – what kind of things that's like Smallville esque, right? Like, what is Superman getting down to while he's in Smallville? And, right. and so it was this really sort of down home character. I really, I really enjoyed it. Um, like I said, in finishing it, I liked the, I liked how it ended. It was, it, they're not in this Russian place for very long. It's like two issues, really, like an issue and a half. So it's not a bulk of the story. I, it just felt to me like it ended. And I guess that's what happens when you do like a six issue book, right? Like you, you have to you if you're trying to tell a big story in six issues, twenty two pages an issue, you've really gotta tamp down or like wrap up that story really quick. And it felt like it wrapped really fast. Right. Yeah, yeah. If it, that makes yeah. sense. Well, it felt like it was they spent a lot of time on the exposition, setting up like this nice character of Huck. And yeah. And then um, we went exposed to the world, and then then the 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 main conflict happened. And the main conflict seemed with the Russian and the mother and the scientist. It seemed to be like as you said several times, what what was being built up to didn't seem to be that. Yeah, and, and like you don't see the villain until the fifth issue. Right. Right? Like you don't see see Only for like four pages too when you see it. <laughs> yeah. And it does and it also doesn't like there are sort of like there's the background stuff of the mom in here. Like you see her a couple times before then. And so that's it's woven that sort of story into it, right? Like it's right. there, but you don't it doesn't feel like there's anything in the background coming after Huck. And then all of a sudden you find out, oh, that's not his brother, that's a cyborg. Yeah, out of no, out of nowhere, it just it just seemed very quick to turn and end the story, but I really, really enjoyed it up until then, and then even after, like, and I say that I say that in a way that makes it seem like I didn't like the book, but I really did like the book. It's a good story. I just thought the ending, I didn't love the ending, right? Like sometimes you see a movie and it's a really good movie, and then you get to the end and you're like, oh, I don't know about that. Yeah, I think this story is much better on premise than it is in actual story. Uh, I think the intentions and the idea behind it are different, and that's what makes it good. Uh, yeah. Or at least, you know, readable and enjoyable. I don't know if this is, like, a great comic, but it's uh, certainly enjoyable, and it does make you Dude, I don't want to tell you, there are several outfits back here who say that it's five stars. I don't want to go against Flickering Myth. Um, <laughs> but... <laughs> I... I feel snap pow if I could. I don't know that I'd give it a 10 out of 10. We don't normally do ratings on the show, no. and that makes me feel like, 
wow, why don't we do ratings on here? But then I feel like I don't want to do ratings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I had to rate, if I had to give it a grade, I'd give it like a B minus. Yeah, I'd say I was gonna say like a it's seven something. Yeah, yeah. So right around the same. So yeah, that'd yeah. be a C, but. You know what I mean? I'm I'm grading on a curve. I I think what I I would give it lower if if it kept going on if it if it tried to you know take Huck on more adventures. Yeah. I kind of even though the structure of the story we've kind of complained about it a little bit. I think that keeping it six issues for this is good. I think you know. Yeah. It's so just let's the right let, let's talk uh, Raphael Albuquerque and his yeah. art on here. What did you? What did you? Um, what do you think? I mean, I know you said that you like Raphael Albuquerque. What do you think of his art in this in this book? Uh, I love it. I, you know, I think I love about uh, Albuquerque is you know I've talked about this before with books. I really like um, a lot of pencils through the colors. You know, yeah. and I love the sketchiness that are in the um, uh, in the characters that you can still see. Um, you know, one of the things with Albuquerque that can be an issue especially with the way he draws women is they can start i saw this in american vampire too is sometimes they can be very similar he does a lot of like you know uh they always always very like 19 flapperish s girls like from like american <laughs> vampire and you see some of that here the mother and the reporter look very similar yes um, i love i love his design of huck I love I the love overalls. Gas, his I gas his jacket little, thing. Yeah, he's got on. and I love his little Superman curl. You know, yeah. I mean, it's just this slight little nod to like, oh, yeah, this is Superman. It does. It does really look like All Star. Like his face is very the way that All Star Superman was drawn. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like a a big a big square head and a kind of a smaller face in it. Tiny right? little mouth. Like, yeah, yeah. 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 It it very much at times looks a lot like. Um, Frank Quietly's all-star Superman at times. And, and um, putting him in the coveralls of the rolled-up sleeves is just brilliant. I mean, you can't right? like say, like, oh, this is a blue-collared character. He is wearing yeah. blue overalls. <laughs> I also like the idea. I like the logo on the back of it with the wings. I mean, it's very, like, it's very... It looks like a Superman logo a little it's, bit, you know what yeah, I mean? The way it's, it's shaped. Like I could see this being like a WWF wrestler in like the early nineties, like this, yes. like, like a hacksaw, hacksaw Jim Duggan type. Like he's just the gas station guy who comes out and he's all American and he's just yeah. yo, he's built like a like a brick house and he just comes in and just like clears house of the villains yeah. until someone turns him. Josh, maybe the million, no, maybe the million him, dollar man turns him to a heel. Ted DiBiase comes in. With Ted Virgil. DiBiase. I just, I, no joke. I just watched a wrestling match with Ted DiBiase. <laughs> Renner wanted to watch a match with the Ultimate Warrior in it. No, with Macho Man. So we watched a Macho Man Ted DiBiase match <laughs> online. One of the it most was racist characters in WWF with his man oh, slave. Uh, Vern, Vernon? Virgil. Vern, Virgil. Virgil. There we go. Yeah. Uh, weird, weird side note. Ted DiBiase looks like my uh, my dad's youngest brother. <laughs> my dad's youngest brother does does look like Ted DiBiase. His face not as well. No, now it is probably as round. It's very very Ted DiBiase esque. And then while I watch, on a side note, while watching this, those dudes were not really ever in shape. No, like no. You, Ted DiBiase like, is like an uncle. He's like he's got an uncle right? bod. <laughs> he has uncle bod. Yeah. Um, 
I think like the ultimate warrior was the only dude who is literally like shredded yeah, in that and it time killed period. Him. Like it killed him. Yeah, I know. <laughs> All Everybody those years else pumping in steroids just killed his ass. Yeah. Everybody else not as yoked. Um Except today, dude, those dudes today are like ridiculous, yeah. right? Like dude. that's all they do. All I mean, there's still some guys that are yeah. they're a little doughy, and Ashton that's all right. Duncan but... was great. He had a little pocket yeah. lead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So back back to Huck. Um, so I really, you know, I really dug uh, Albuquerque's work, and I think I really enjoyed uh, the colors on it because it added to that sketchiness. So Dave McCraig does colors on it. Uh, and McCraig does this, it's even sort of a, it's a painterly aspect to it, right? Yeah. So not only do you get Albuquerque signed a kind of sketchy nature, but even the paint style or the coloring style of it, uh, is watercolory and it looks sketchy too. Yeah. It accentuates, right? it accentuates the cross hatching in the characters and stuff. Yeah, you you really get to see it all looks rough, but but it looks good. I mean, at times the color palette's a little muddy, um, mm. but I think it goes well with the art style. Yeah, um, and and the premise of the book, especially at the beginning, where it's this you know like country esque backgrounds and stuff like that. I yeah. think doing it in those colors makes it look. It's not quite Norman Rockwell, but at times there are some Norman Rockwell esque colorings in it. Uh, yeah, now, no, when, for sure. Yeah, when you get to like the night scenes or when he goes overseas to Russia, there's a lot less of that. But in the beginning, there are these pastoral Americana colorings and and um, scenes that I really like in there. There is, you know what? Now that you say it, there is kind of like a Norman Rockwell aspect to some of these, like to some of these panels, a little bit mm-hmm. um, that I never really that, that that never really hit me until you said that before. But there are some like scenes in there in fact there's like uh one um the last page on book one the last page on book one where huck is looking out the window so he's looking out the window and all the reporters are out there right yeah 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 yeah. that is a straight up norman rockwell painting right it's got the you know the negative space around it the negative white space around it and then just the colored windows very much a (laughs) very very much a uh, sort of um, that sort of Rockwell esque kind of painting. Um, so I think you know the story overall good. Um, I really dug the art, and the art's probably why I liked it maybe more than than maybe story alone. Yeah, I think right? Albuquerque was working harder on this than Millar. There's not a lot of dialogue for. There'll be pages where it's just panels. You know, at the beginning, and especially in those first few issues. They they go for they'll go several panels with just seeing Huck on the move. Like when he's looking for something, yeah. it will be oh, there's Huck. He's on the move. Yeah. So, but you know, I I, I enjoyed it. So let me ask you this. Um, let's let's get to before we we can we can. I want to talk to you a little bit about the news with uh, the Millerverse and Netflix in a second. Before we get there, though. Do you want to do you want to do favorite panels and would we recommend and then talk that news or do you want to save that stuff for the very Let's end? Let's save it for the end. All right. All right. I like that. I like that we're doing this. This is great podcasting stuff as we figure out the order in which we're going to do hey, stuff. You People... know what? The best kitchens, the best like you go to Italy and you go to like a really nice Italian restaurant, they walk you through the kitchen. Why? Right. Because people want to see how it's made, Josh. 
We are just showing people how the sausage they is wanna made. They want to see how the sausage They want to see your sausages. That's, That's what they want to see. always podcast in the nude. So, Josh, you're constantly seeing how the sausage <laughs> Always. Made. Luckily, the camera's usually up. Skype That's is right. usually, usually. usually – it's usually a bust uh, <laughs> <laughs> profile. Um, so let's, let's talk. So um, the news came out recently that Netflix and Miller – Netflix now has the rights to produce the Millerverse. Everything that hasn't already been gobbled up. Like, so yes. they don't get, like, kick-ass, and they don't get Kingsman. Yeah, and I don't... I th- I thought Chrononauts had already been taken by someone, but I, maybe that was part of... Maybe that was part of the deal. I would think... So, I would want... If I was getting that deal, I'd want Chrononauts in it. Obviously, Old Man Logan probably not in it. Yeah, no. But... Like, he definitely he, doesn't own that He's constantly producing his, like, own work, you know? Like, he's yeah. constantly, like, coming up with new ideas. If so my question for book, you it's usually going to be something in there that's enjoyable yeah i i think if i can be honest i think huck translates would translate wonderfully to oh, a netflix series absolutely absolutely because you can keep it going and you could drag this mother out for a long oh, time for, too. for sure but like it literally gives it it is really um it's kind of rich with what I would say would make a better TV show than a movie, if that makes sense. Right, right. But how I, do you how do you do it? Because TV is so edgy. Like, do you market it as like like a seventh heaven type of show? Like, no, I think I think you market it as what it is. It's I think it would work. It'd be far more. I think you'd get more drama than what you get in the book, right? Right. It'd be a sort of superhero drama, if that makes sense. Because uh, I think you could play the aspect up of um, him getting pulled back and forth between people trying to get him to do the wrong thing and him doing the right thing. The learning you disability could, or the slowness would have to be played up as well, too, you know, I think. Yeah, you could also... I mean, And it, it, either that or it's just a, this sort of naive nature, you know what I mean? And so... Uh, the Ashuk's naiveness of of Huck, I think you could do a lot of interesting stuff. Um, the Mister Smith and, goes to Washington aspect yeah, of it, if you will. Yeah, and I think you really kind of you're able to wrap the. You could play. I, I say that you probably keep the Russian stuff because people want it. That's that's the mystery of it, Not right? To, like you can't do it to like season three though. Well, that's what I'm saying. You weave it in the background for like a season. Right. Yeah. You got season, season and a half, and then you let it break season two. Right. That 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 his. I feel like, like it's got to have a real true blood arc where like the first three seasons you're like it's like all like local, and then it gets like global, and you're like, eh, oh well, I'm 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 hooked in. I'm watching it. <laughs> I'm watching now. Um, but but I think I think I think this story plays really well. Uh, would play really well as a TV series more than a movie. And so my question for you is, um, we know Netflix for. TV shows, but they do do film. And so yeah. I'm wondering, what do you think their focus is going to be with these stories? Do you think that they're going to try to do movie with them, or do you think you milk them for TV shows? Um, well, if they milk them for TV shows, the writers of the TV show are really going to be the, the, you know, the direction that's going in, because there's not a lot in here for a whole series. You know, It's just a, no. more of a premise. If you do it as a movie, you could do almost like panel for panel these these six issues, you know? Yeah. There's it, This is just enough story for like uh, an hour and 45-minute movie. 
Uh, and it would feel about the same pace. And I got a feeling if you did it that way, people would have the same critique that we had about the book, about that weird kind of turn in the middle and the pacing of it. But um, I would do it. I would. I think a movie. I think a movie. A you think a movie original. would work better? Go Netflix, Netflix original. Oh man, I, I think if you did it, you'd have to weave the Russia stuff more often throughout it, and not just hit you over the head with it at one moment. You know what I mean? I think you let the mom's flashbacky stuff that would probably play a bigger role in a movie, right? Well, because if, went, if the movie went well, you could always go back and just do all of the a series of the community stuff, you know? Yeah, like yeah, the, yeah. Early, the early stuff in there. All right. Who would you right. get? Who would you get to play Huck? That that's a tough one, man. I'm trying to think of someone who'd be big and goofy enough to like to pull it off. And part of me goes like, you already have the perfect person playing Captain America, right? Right. Like Chris Evans would be a really good Huck. Yeah, but he's not. He's not quite big enough. You know what I mean? You want the someone. Hulking. You need someone hulking. Yeah, yeah, you need someone a little more hulking. And then part of me goes like, if you could get a, if you could go back in time and do a younger uh, John Cena. Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. Yeah, he does have that kind of, like, lovableness to him. Yeah, and he's giant. He's yeah, freaking yeah. huge, right? His hands are like hams. He has, well, like, he kind giant of played that character in, in Trainwreck, just, like, a gay version of it, where he's just, like, this really nice guy who's, like, jacked up. Yeah, I think, I think, I, I think like, John, whether it's goofy or not, I think John Cena would be a perfect would be a perfect Huck. He's a little he might be a little old now, but you might be able to do it. I think Channing Tatum too, maybe a little older as yeah. well, but like a Channing Tatum type. No, character. I think Channing Tatum is probably the right age. You just have to kind of. He, I mean, he's a big dude, so I think he'd work. He's goofy enough for it. You know what right. I mean? He just has. It's just the body type of Hulk or of Huck Hulk. The body type of Huck is so kind of like big and beefy and square jawed that you got to find someone who could do that right you don't want huck to be this unopposing guy because he's supposed to be the rock a younger rock <laughs> the rock is kind of like the the real life dwayne johnson is kind of like the fictional version of huck always super positive always helping people out like, I yeah feel yeah like he is the... there's like a video of him do you see the video of him? like some dude is behind like in front of him in his car and at a stoplight and he gets out of his car and runs up to the rocks truck and gets like a selfie with the rock oh, <laughs> and no, like no, the I've rock the rock is filming he's like are you doing this right now are you really doing this and he's like all right man just come on in let's let's get this picture done <laughs> and this is dude geeking out getting a selfie like in that's traffic hilarious. that's hilarious with the See, rock that's very huck-esque that is it's very much huck uh mm. but here's the here's the problem though no other character in this book stuck out enough for me to think of anybody to play those characters. Right. Yeah, I mean, it, it really is just filling the squares with the other characters. There's there's not much... Uh, I would and say I think... maybe the... the um, I, th- I thought the trucker... Android, the trucker brother? Yeah, trucker, yeah. trucker brother. I don't want to say too much about that because there is a really great reveal. We kind of hinted at it, but the reveal... <laughs> well, we already ruined it. The re- but... The re- but the reveal happens really cool. Yeah, like, it's like a very like, wait, I don't own a cat, type of reveal. <laughs> um, but I, you know, that's probably the only other character who would stand out for it. Um, but there's not, there's not a lot in there. I think you know who you get for that guy. 
you get the dude with the red beard uh, from uh, Game, Game of Thrones. Thrones. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> the, yes. The, the beefy dude, Game of Thrones with right. a beard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's him. That's and him. And we can get Brienne of Tarth to play Huck. <laughs> Perfect. We've done it. We've just flipped the script. Brienne of Tarth is Huck, and the dude with the red beard Done. is... Done. Bag it and tag it, Netflix. You're uh, welcome. Netflix, 10 out of 10 send, comic exposure. Send the checks. Send the checks to comic PO exposure. Box. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I think I think that would be good. And I, you know, I haven't read enough of his other stuff uh, to say what I would want any of them to be. Like, I've heard good stuff about MPH. I've heard good stuff about Super Crooks. Neil Patrick uh, and Harris? American Jesus. Yeah, Neil Patrick Neil Patrick Harris no, M- be a good hook. MPH, MPH. I, you know, I've heard stuff about his other stuff, but I've never really, I've never really read it. But I know that people are kind of pumped for this concept, like that they're, they're pumped that that it's this new trough of ideas going to Netflix. Can you think about it? Like, we're going to talk about the Defenders next. That's our, yeah. That's the next podcast. I finished it. You've got. Like two episodes left, you said. I'm done. I'm done now. Oh, you're done. You finished it. Okay. So we're gonna we're gonna talk defenders for the next episode, and I wonder if like are we? I know that they're doing Punisher, but I, I and I'll we'll talk about this more on that podcast. But has Marvel run its course on Netflix? We and will so I answer that question. We will, and I feel this Millar world, Miller world. Malarial world uh-huh. <laughs> is good fodder for something new over on Netflix that I has think... enough cool. that has like enough background to it mm. to where people would go like oh I'm gonna I'm gonna I remember Kick Ass I'm gonna watch that you know what I mean um, that there'd be enough behind it I think it's just brilliant I like the fact that a studio is investing their money in a creator as opposed yeah. to like a bank of characters I mean yeah he's bringing in with him some some good titles but a lot of his best ones they're not they're not moving over with him so really what they're doing is they're like this guy is i mean he's been in the business for a long time he's yeah. still relevant the new stuff he's putting out is still critically acclaimed this is a creator who is can pump out original stories that are in the same vein of what people have prepackaged and what companies are paying billions of dollars for the ip for they're like, let's not spend billions of dollars trying to compete for this old IP. Let's invest in a creator who's creating tomorrow's billion-dollar IPs today. <laughs> it sounded very much like your pitch, like <laughs> tomorrow's million-dollar IPs today. <laughs> I call them tomorrow, tomorrow's m- Millar alien. Nope. Didn't work. Did work. Miller in, in my there. head. In my head, they came together real well. Millarionaire. Millarionaire. Like, someone turns to me. Just walk out next time. Don't just end it. Don't walk out. Don't Drop do the it, Mike. <laughs> um, so, so let's let's talk about uh, let's talk about uh, favorite panels. Let's get mm-hmm. favorite panels in here. Uh, what was your favorite panel in the book, Travis? Okay, what do you got? So for I us? just had it, and then my book fell onto my lap. So it is towards the end of the book. And it is when um, all is getting back to normal and Huck is doing his good deeds. It's the last issue. And the last issue they have the, um, um, you know, the good, the old good deeds. Like, bake a pie for old Miss Betty. Help yeah. some people stuck in a food, uh, stuck in a flood. 
I was going to say food truck. And my favorite panel is the help some people stuck in the truck. Um, and you in a flood? In a flood. <laughs> in a flood. <laughs> Get them we out can't of that open. Truck. We could use the jaws of life, but really, Huck is going to work better. And I love that one. I love the colors in it. I love the composition in it. I love it's, you know, it's basically like Huck. He's like chest deep in a flood. He's holding up this barn Looks door like with a, a door. dog, a yeah. child, and there's a flood, and the it's like at sunset, and it just kind of encapsulates what I like about this book, the the premise of this guy just just going out and being old-fashioned Superman, and I, I like I, that. I do like underneath that it's like give $20 to a political party. <laughs> that's, that's such a goofy, like, <laughs> it's such yeah. a goofy, like, good deed. Yeah. Um, but it's very, it's very in line with like the civic responsibility yeah, yeah. of Superman, right? Yes, like yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> save I mean, a kitten, help the mayor, you vote. know, <laughs> vote, Rock right? The vote kids. Um, if I could pick one, I think one of my favorite ones is when he is running into his brother, uh, or he doesn't know he's, he's on top of a truck and he says, I can't can't believe they give you free pens at these hotels. And he, it's like a Hilton pen. So there's like two panels right next to each other. But I love like the G golly nature of like I'm running away. I'm on top of a train and out of his coat, he pulls a pen and he like holds. I read this while I was at a hotel. So I thought it was oh, like it was yeah. super cheesy that he's like, can't believe they give you free pens at these fancy hotels and pulls a Hilton pen out of it. Yeah, it was just such it's like a shucks type of. Yeah, yeah. And I I feel like that's such a a fun sort of idea of who Huck is as a character, right? Yeah, it makes like, him lo- – oh, yeah, I see. Yeah, yeah, you're great, yeah. Yeah, and so it's not like – it's not a beautiful panel, but it's it, it got me as like, well, that's funny. Like it was yeah. like a like a, a goofy aw shucks uh, lets you really know who Huck is as a character in the story, that he's just like wide-eyed about someplace giving away pens. Right? Yeah, free pens here. <laughs> yeah, right? I feel like that's, uh, or, that's the Huck. It would be, no, be this wait. really hulking guy. No, 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 no. Okay. Wait. Huck as done through Muppets. Yes. <laughs> Your Muppet voice uh, just sold me yeah, out of Sesame Street. got these free pens here. Oh, right. <laughs> 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 we've. I think we've nailed it down. It's either Brianna of Tarth and the beard, red beard dude. As our Huck and her brother, or it's a Huck with Muppets. As played by Fozzie Bear. Yeah. (laughs) Huck via Muppets. Perfect. Waka waka. Waka, waka. Uh, So let me ask you, Travis. uh, Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Who would you recommend this to? (laughs) You son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I I enjoy the story. I think I'd give it to, like, my my friends who like – I'd give it to comic book friends. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I'd give it to a a non-comic book person. Um, because I think that turn happens a little out of nowhere, right? And I think it takes the story in a way that isn't natural, that someone who isn't along for, like, some doofy tale would right. maybe get caught off guard by, right? right. It, it kind of hits out of nowhere because it's just six issues. I guess, like, the good thing about it is it is one quick. story, yeah, and you can, you, can hand that, yeah. you can hand it's, that off to someone. It's not dialogue heavy. Yeah, and I think if, I, I, you know, I have a couple people... Um, who I'd say who like comic books, I go like, hey, have you have you read this one yet? This is a good one. It's like if you're hungry for less 
over the top. Like if you're, if all you read is the walking dead, this is like a good palate cleanser. Right. Yeah. Exactly, right. Yeah. If it's like the, it's like the, what, what's the, like uh, some sorbet, or, right? Uh, that, or, uh, yeah. Or some ginger. Yeah, a nice, a nice piece of ginger between your sushi rolls. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's 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 our blurb right there. Huck is a nice piece of ginger between your spicy sushi rolls. Two bums up, comic exposure. Uh, I I do like that we stick our butts in the air for our for our ratings. One system. cheek or two cheeks? It's tough to get that other cheek down. So we got a lot of two cheek reviews. Yeah, a lot of a lot of two cheeks. <laughs> I I recommend this for you know I, every now and then, uh, especially lately, I hear someone complain about like, oh, I'm just so sick of turning on the news and seeing all this you know like crap, and it's just like every time I don't watch TV because it just makes me feel shitty. I'm like, you know what? You like comics? And if they say yes, I think I think that's my, I think that's my prerequisite. Like you, in order for me to get yeah. into this book, they have to have some kind of interest in the for- medium of comics. Yeah, they like comics, and they're kind of down about, like, what's happening in the world or, like, just I've heard them say something about the news or how everything's negative. I would give them this and be like, hey, man, this is a quick, you know, bathroom read. Maybe it will, maybe it will kind of be a little more positive for you and stuff like that. And also National Honor Society members. I was just going to say, like, this is one that I wouldn't mind giving to a student. Yeah. Right? Because there's nothing like there's nothing profane or bad about it that I'd worry. But it's also like a very sort of like, yeah, it's a down home kind of story. But I, I think I think the thing is right, Travis. It's not. I don't think it's amazing enough to turn a non comic reader into a comic reader. No, right. It's not compelling enough to do that. So I think you got to give it to someone who is, who at least has read comic books. It's a good you know B I mean? side. It's a good B yeah. side. Yeah. So I like that. Right. It's yeah. not. It's it's not. It won't be the single, yeah. But it'll you'll get it on the Japanese import, like yeah, that's yeah, where, yeah, yeah. the rare Japanese import of Nirvana. Exactly. That this is like this is like, like track oh, four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, put it on, <laughs> you put it on a mixtape for someone because you want to show that you're kind of cool and that they might. <laughs> you want to find a song like you want to find the Nirvana song they've never heard before. Yeah, and yeah. so this is this is the one you get from the or some rare Smashing Pumpkins tune where. Billy Corgan, it's just him and an electric guitar and doing a version of. Before, he's like, turn up the treble in it, and like, okay, and that's I don't know why he's British in this. Why movie. is British? Billy Corgan would probably be like, he's from yeah, Chicago. Turn up the treble on that one a little bit, okay. He's like eight feet tall. Yeah. And he talks like this. <laughs> <laughs> um, Billy Corgan as Huck. We... Billy Corgan as Huck. <laughs> I, I was listening to Smashing Pumpkins the other day, and I realized that. Um, uh, Billy Corgan is like I don't know what was I thinking about he's like the most manic because it's always like I'm you with a smile you like you let he oh, has so many different he's like the 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 vocal impressionist of grunge rock he does oh, like yeah. five different voices in one song it's it's, it's very I think Hushed, the word that those 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 grunge guys would have liked to use the word dynamic, dynamic they're very yes. dynamic uh, they go from highs and lows. Yeah. Um, I also think that Billy Corgan is the most pretentious of the grunge era stuff. He's the he's the golem. He's like the my precious. <laughs> <laughs> he's every song is him talking in Billy a mirror. Billy Corgan is the golem. He's like disarm you with a smile. <laughs> 
This podcast has taken a bizarre turn. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm glad you stuck with us through this. I hope you did for uh, that sweet Billy Corgan impression. <laughs> if you uh, if you like the show, we ask that you uh, if you're listening to us on iTunes to give us a give us a nice review on there. Remember, you can follow us on Comic Exposure uh, at, at Comic Exposure on Twitter. Uh, we're on Facebook, facebook.com slash comic exposure. We're in all your social media holes. We're filling all of your, mm-hmm. your so, your so me holes. Josh, not in this podcast. Let's keep it clean. And, for Huck. and so, you know, how I so, kept it real clean this podcast. I'm, well, talking about Huck. Like, this is like the one book we've read where there haven't been boobs in it. So, congratulations. <laughs> so, well, I, you can follow us uh, on there. You can listen to all of our old podcasts are up on the website, www.comicexposure.com. Uh, Travis is on the Instagrams these days. That's right. You should follow him. What is it? It's Jurassic Park. Yep. Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park. It's a Park. beautiful. Is it Park or is it just Jurassic? Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park. Follow. Find him. Find that Jurassic Park. Follow him. Uh, you can. You, you can. Uh, you can comment on the show if you want on the website, or you can comment back to us on Twitter. We always love to hear what's going on. Uh, next up, next podcast will most likely be the Defenders podcast, where Travis and I pick apart the newest Netflix uh, Marvel series, The Defenders. It was only eight episodes, so everybody should have watched it by now who is going to watch it. Yep. Um, unless you've been putting off Luke Cage for a really long time or Iron Fist, and now you're like... We've got to watch Iron Fist before it. I watch don't it. You don't need it. You don't need it. Not to spoil that podcast. Yep. Not to spoil the podcast. And then we've got a handful of books coming up. We've got the Flintstones coming up. We've got uh, How to Talk to Girls at Parties coming up. Mm-hmm. Those are the two most immediate books on the list. Uh, Travis and I are going to sit down and make our, our fall book list. So uh, those two books will probably take us into September. Uh, and then we've got uh, we've got to pick some books for that spooky season of Halloween. Oh, yeah. You've got my favorite time to pick books. If you've got a scary book you think we should read, send it our way. Uh, get at us at Comic Exposure on Twitter. Tell us what scary book we should read. I believe previous uh, Halloweens have included such titles as The Long Halloween, Dark the Long and Halloween. Bloody, and Witches. Yes, yeah. Um, and, oh, we did uh, the the Goners, too. We did Goners. We did, the, we oh, did yeah. that one. Um, so the Monster Squad got, of Comics, if you will. Yes, the Monster Squad of Comics. Uh, if you've got something that we should uh, that we should be checking out that you think is spooky for Halloween, let us know. We always like to we like to fill our October with creepy books. That's right. So if you've got creepy books for us that aren't Archie versus Predator, we will probably read them. Uh, so, so, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in. Uh, thanks for listening, and we shall see you next trade. Mm-hmm.